<laughs> Some night, huh? On this very night, ten years ago, along this same stretch of road, in a dense fog, just like this, I saw the worst accident I ever seen. There was this sound, like a garbage truck, dropped off the Empire State Building. And when they finally pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck, it looked like this. <laughs> was the worst accident I ever seen. Hello everyone and welcome to From Beyond the Crypt, a creepypastas, cryptids, and urban legends podcast. I'm Kyle. And I am Ted Wardle the Turtle. Yes you are. Yes sir. You and your different names each week. <laughs> Listen man, today I just felt like being Squirtle, you know? Hey, sometimes you feel like being Squirtle. It happens. Uh, Teddy, we're on episode eight of our podcast. Two more until we're on ten. Yes, we are, like I said, punching our way through, man. Yep, that's crazy. can't believe we're almost on episode ten. This has been been a blast to do. Yeah, I'm especially like just roll of the dice landing on Cheesy's world. Like yeah. I'm, I'm so happy that we got that. Yeah, yeah, we're finishing up Cheesy's world, unfortunately, but you know, all good things must come to an end eventually. We had to double check to make sure it was because we were secretly hoping there would be a part four, but unfortunately, yeah. there is only part three. Yeah, I mean, if we could, we would literally drag this out for as long as we can. Oh yeah, I I absolutely it's, would. I want a whole like Five Nights at Freddy's style Cheesy's World video game series. Yeah, th- this has been an absolute blast to read. Really sad that we're finishing up tonight, but uh, before we uh, get into that, uh, you uh, you just got back from Suicide Squad. Uh, yes, without, sir. Yes, without, I did. Without giving out any spoilers, uh, how was it? Fucking fantastic. Uh if you like Guardians, you'll like Suicide Squad. It's definitely a James Gunn movie because, like, once you see like a James Gunn movie, you can kind of tell like his artistic style, I guess. Yeah. So it's nice that that feels familiar for a lot of like Guardians of the Galaxy fans who may want to check it out because James Gunn did a good job with it. Um, so I'm really happy that they kind of did that uh for it and yeah it was just it was i i went in with having like mediocre expectations just because dc doesn't always give me the best like movies to be fair like i i don't it's think a, i yeah. like like 90 percent of dc movies save wonder woman the original one that movie was fire it was um but i, I don't know like I didn't have really high expectations for it, especially after the controversy of the first Suicide Squad movie. Um, But it was fantastic. It was great. 
every every actor did uh, a great job polka dot guy is fan fucking tastic uh there's there you, when you see the movie Kyle I'm not going to spoil what it is but just know that fucking polka dot guy has like the funniest fucking like story it's it's great you'll see it and you'll fucking love it and you will die laughing oh i can't i can't wait uh, after we we get off here it I'm, it does I'm, have its dark parts though i will say that it's not all comedy it does touch on some very dark kind of stuff i, I, I figured so because everybody in that movie did good. John Cena, oh, there's a reason why he's getting a spinoff. <laughs> His nice. character is so fucking good in it. Idris Elba was fantastic. Like I'd like uh, seeing I, him. I love Idris. I like Elba. seeing him be something other than like this super like perfect like chiseled cut person. He's more like sarcastic and gruff and like just doesn't give a fuck like i've never seen him care so little and it's it's actually great you know like king shark yeah. king shark is fan fucking tastic too oh my god they did such a good job with king shark he's so great that's great i'm, I'm happy they they did him good yeah he i i didn't think that like you know they were but they 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 make you love him so much he's so good also you're going to meet a character named Sebastian. And then you will be like, I want to die for Sebastian. Just saying. <laughs> Sebastian, really? Yes, Sebastian. That's hilarious, considering that my middle name is Sebastian. I did not know that. That's <laughs> fucking dope. You'll like Sebastian. He's He is chef's kiss. Thank you. Well... I'm, uh, um, Beetle, Beetle Jess from the Scream Queens is definitely a fan. Nice. Uh, I can't. I, I can't wait. Uh, I'm uh, after we finish the podcast recording. Uh, to, after, after we finish this recording, I'm gonna be watching it on HBO Max to try and you know help myself feel better after we uh, we end Cheesy's World. Hey, listen, man. Just because we're ending Cheesy's World doesn't mean the good times are stopping. Remember, you've got a countdown of 39 days now. That's right. 39 days until I'm HHN, baby. Going to HHN, going to Universal, uh, and just we have a whole mess of stuff planned for like the five days I'm down there. Oh yeah, we're gonna. I can't wait. Try to do, uh, try to do an episode while not while we're there, but like, yeah. you know, while we're together in one while place. We're together, yeah, it's gonna be, be great. Fun. It'll be great. I can't wait. I look forward to it more and more every day. You, you, it's that time. That time is just gonna fly by, man. And you're gonna be here, and then you're gonna like fucking like. I don't know, fake your death or some shit so you don't have to go back home and just live with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, I'm I, never leaving here. That's what everybody thinks I'm going to do. I'm going to get down there and I'm just going to stay and get intel and get people to mail me stuff uh, little by little. <laughs> I mean, that happens sometimes. I mean, to be fair, like, uh, I'm just I'm just saying, like, Basically everything you do, you'll 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 love it down here, and you'll definitely want to be around HHN every year. No, oh, I figured so. 
that's a given. Maybe sometimes we can be brave enough to drive to Tampa and try to go to Hollow Scream, but exactly uh, as as a Florida I, I, I definitely tampon, uh, yeah. I prefer not to fall back into that hole if you catch my drift. <laughs> I, de- I definitely want to do Hollow Scream as uh, one year, but but uh, isn't there a Hollow Scream in Orlando as well at SeaWorld? This year, this yeah. year they started doing it. Um, I don't know if they've done it in the past. I believe they might have, uh, but I thought that was over in California. Um, they are doing it out here, so maybe we don't have to brave it to Tampa, but I, I guarantee you Tampa, SeaWorld and Butch Gardens, Tampa Bay are going to have two different things. Yeah. Plus, if you like roller coasters, there's a lot more roller coasters at uh, Busch Gardens than there is a SeaWorld. Well, I'm... I'm... I'm definitely not a roller coaster person. So, I, hey, listen, man, <laughs> I I have a fear of heights too, my dude. Yeah, but, but like, I, but I mean, I, I am gonna ride Hagrid's, uh, Hagrid's with you. Oh, there, there's, there's nothing to worry about for heights, like on Hagrid's. <laughs> yeah, I figured though. I, I I saw videos on it. It looks pretty tame. Yeah, it's it's not bad. the The biggest the biggest thing about it is that it literally feels like riding a motorcycle. Like the, that, the, the, it, 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 the, 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 the track like curves and swerves like you would on a motorcycle that's like weaving around. Yeah. So like that's that's the appeal of it. It's fantastic, actually. Well, I am super excited. Almost as excited as I am to dig into part three of Cheesy's World. I like that transition right there. I know. That was a nice transition. transition. I was, I'm smooth, Anna. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're uh, going over Cheese World Part Three, and uh, I'm I'm narrating uh, on this episode. Are Are you ready to uh, to, to dive right into our, our final part of Cheese World, Teddy? Uh, yeah. I uh, mean, not really because not I don't really, want yeah. it to end, but like, yes, yeah. at the same time. Same I think everybody same. came here to, to to get to Cheesy World Part 3, and I mean, we could probably talk on and on for hours without oh, really sure. saying anything, so I think we should just, you know, jump right in yeah, with it at this well, point. Might as well get right back in. So, uh, before we get into it, I will give a, a little brief recap. In Part 2, in case you don't remember, uh, our narrator, Brandon, who we now know that's his name, uh, he did end up just going to Cheesy's world in the middle of the night because, you know, he just couldn't shake the feeling that, that maybe he could go there and maybe find his brother. And, uh, he ended up getting, uh, chased, uh, by the animatronics and he ended up getting grabbed by, by Dizzy the dog who weirdly let him go let him to the entrance and let him and, and got him to sh- basically shoot him off. Uh, but he realized that when he got home, uh, th- there was, there was cops waiting at home for him. His parents obviously knew that he had taken the car and he was gone. So he was in, he was in trouble uh, when he got home, but, but he didn't, when he was in his, uh, laying in his bed after getting home and recollecting his thoughts, he remembered and we made a startling discovery that the Dizzy the Dog tag on the costume didn't read Dizzy the Dog. It read your pal Daniel. And Daniel was the name of a lost kid from one of the previous uh, 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 kids who got uh, who got lost at Cheese World. Yes, he got snatched up. Yeah, so we're it's very interesting. We're gonna hopefully we'll find out like uh, what's going on. Why is why is why is it 
your pal Daniel now. But I yeah. have a theory, but I'll save it to the end. After it's confirmed, I'll be like, oh, yes, I was either okay. right or wrong. <laughs> okay, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, so, so we're going to get right into it. And uh, just to re- reiterate once again, uh, you know, we are reading this live. So we, me and Teddy have, neither one of us have uh, read this before. So our reactions you hear are genuine. Yes, they're entirely, entirely on the spot. And we may make comments, so if you do just want to hear like an audio telling of it, uh, I'm sure there are multiple like YouTube channels that probably do that. But yeah, I've, I've, we, we do, I've found, we do stop you. and make comments uh, a lot in when we read. So we, yep. uh, just a forewarning, I guess. Yes, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and start in part three of Cheesy's World. So uh, grab your marshmallows, your favorite blanket, and come around, sit around the fire as we tell you the tale of Cheesy's World, part three. As I was putting on my clothes to get ready for school, I grabbed the pair of jeans I had worn the night before. On inspecting my pockets for my house keys, I found a small piece of paper wrapped around something solid. Opening it up revealed the words, Under Place, 33, and a set of small keys. What the hell? I thought. Under Place? Did Dizzy do this? This was definitely a mystery for later, but for now, I had to, go to, I had to get to class. The first thing I made sure to do when I got to school was to look for Jose and tell him that he wouldn't be getting his flash drive back. He said it was okay, that if anything, he was fascinated by what happened to me. We agreed to talk about things more in depth after school, but for now, we just go to go to class. Oh no, Brandon's falling further into the, the cheesy QAnon hole. He's <laughs> yeah. getting red-pilled oh, no, by he's Jose. Hanging, hanging out with Jose. <laughs> What I was most concerned with uh, that day was how I'd tell Mark and Chloe about what happened. At first, I didn't know how I'd bring it up, but they brought the subject up at lunch. Dude, Mark said with a look of concern. Kristen Georges mentioned how there were police officers at your house at like four in the morning. What the hell is going on? Don't give us some bullshit about how everything is fine because clearly it's not. Brandon, you've been acting so strange lately. Chloe reached out to touch my arm. You need to tell us what's happening, because if you're in trouble, we want to help. There wasn't any escape in this conversation, and I knew I owed them the truth. They deserved the truth. I told them everything, from Miss Turner and the missing kids, to the break-in, to the abominations that chased me down at the park, and what Dizzy left me. I couldn't tell if they really believed me. Chloe and Mark just stared in awe at the insanity of it all. Brandon, this is so... Chloe began to talk... Fucked, Mark cut in. I'm I'm Mark in that moment. I literally yeah. would respond with, "That's fucked." <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Like over the like I said from part one, Mark has oddly become one of my favorite characters in this. Even though he's not in this much, I've really started to really like Mark. Yeah, she resumed. I, I may not really understand any of this, but we're here with you either way. I can even imagine how terrifying this must all be. You mentioned that Dizzy gave you keys, Mark asked. Do you think I could see them really quickly? I reached in my backpack and handed them over for Mark to inspect. These look like keys we'd use to operate the rides, but what would he give you those for? Don't know, but it doesn't matter because I probably won't be allowed out of the house for a while, which, by the way, Chloe, 
I don't think I'll be able to make it to the party on Friday. It's okay, Chloe cut in. The important thing here is that there's obviously something going on. Whatever it is, these those creatures seem dead set on not letting you find out what it was. But why would Dizzy let, let him go then? Mark asked. If what the park is hiding is so bad, then why not just kill Brandon while he was there? Chloe shrugged. Who knows? Maybe they don't all agree with how the park is run, or maybe some of them have some humanity in them. A few minutes before the bell rang, we agreed to briefly meet up with Jose after class. After our classes ended for the day, we grabbed the library conference room and sh I showed him the note. Under place 33, Jose thought for a moment, but then shook his head. Nah, no idea. How do you guys know this isn't a trap? I took the note back and shoved it into my backpack. Why would they trap me when I was already captured? Dizzy easily could have given me to Ronald or Nina or killed me himself. Instead, he let me go. Look, the note is obviously referring to something underground. Maybe under the part like a ride that takes you underground? Jose thought again. Uh, maybe it's referencing the catacombs? The original creators of Cheesies really wanted to do their best to emulate other parks. Legend has it they've been included their own underground system for the workers. Maybe that's what it's referring to? Okay, hold the fuck up. Isn't, uh, it, is it, uh, isn't that a Disney? That is entirely a <laughs> hey, thing. Uh, so the person who wrote this, Brendan A. Young, if you ever do listen to these episodes, uh, Brian, excuse me, Brian A. Young, um, don't think as I'm just shitting on you. Uh, I am a former cast member for Disney. Uh, I hear so many fucking references to the catacombs or the tunnels underneath Disney. And like all the shit that goes on underneath them must be so secretive. No, it's not. It's literally cast members going from point A to point B. I don't mean to ruin the magic for anybody, but come on. <laughs> like they can't walk across the entirety of stage because Disney wanted to make it as immersive as possible. That's why you go to Frontierland and you don't see people walking across it that are dressed like Ariel or, you know, dressed as somebody from like Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, Disney wanted to keep that magic alive for people. That's why he has the underground tunnel system. So cast members can easily get to where they need to go. And so you don't break immersion. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Rant aside. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm the one who broke it. I thought it was like, well, hold the fuck up. I've heard this before. <laughs> yes, it is, it is a reference to Disney's tunnels. And, 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 you know, this is like multiple Disney references. Like, I mean, in part two, uh, they referenced uh, the, no, it was in part one. He mentioned, uh, the uh, uh, the urban legend of Disney's of Walt Disney's frozen head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I can't, I can't. These people are like the conspiracy <laughs> theories around it are almost as weird as like the Paul McCartney is dead fucking theories. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll get to that eventually oh, as yeah. one of the urban legends that we talk about. But, uh, yeah, this. They, they come up with weird conspiracy theories about like Disney and it's like it's not that deep guys his, oh, his his body is not cryogenically frozen his head's not like frozen in a capsule somewhere downstairs underneath the castle it it's it's sweaty cast members just trying to get their from point A to point B and do their best 
to make your day magical. <laughs> All right. Chloe crossed her arms and thought before turning to Mark. Mark, you work there, right? Do you know anything about catacombs? Uh, yeah, but from what I know, they were only really used during the park's heyday. In modern times, they had to downsize staff a lot, so the employee tunnels weren't really used. The most legitimate thing I've heard about them is that maintenance used them to keep supplies. Okay, well, that's a start at least. I looked down at the note on the table. It makes the most sense, right? But what about 33? To this, both Mark and Jose were stumped. 33 didn't register as anything of significance to either of them. No matter what I tried to connect it to, after banging our heads against the wall for half an hour, we had to pivot back to the catacombs. Okay, so in theory, how would I get down there? I asked Jose. We, Chloe stated, if you're going if you're going, Mark and I are coming with you. Wait. Mark is going with uh with who to where? Mark said softly. We can uh, talk about that, right? My ass. I'm sorry, but like, if you're asking me to go into some like murder mystery shit, I'm gonna be like, uh, I didn't sign up for this, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mark, my pay screen, uh, pay grade deuces. Mark's like, yo, uh, who said I was going anywhere? Yeah, for fucking <laughs> real. Like, don't speak for me. Uh, Chloe gave Mark a, a look that could turn Medusa to stone, and he quickly. Uh, he nagged uh, on his statement. Chloe, I'm not going to argue this. You guys can only help me to a certain point. I'm not going to argue it either, she shot back. You literally almost died last time. Let us help you and... Guys, Jose cut in. Maybe before you decide who goes where, you should figure out where you're even going. Right. Fucking Jose. Jose with the fucking logic. Jose with He's the like, logic. hey, guys, don't be fucking stupid. <laughs> right. I looked around the room expectantly. So how do we get in? Jose, Jose shouted. Oh, easy. There was a rumor about being able to access it through the Blackbeard Adventure Water Ride. Blackbeard Adventure Water Ride? Oh, come on. Oh, come on, no. Pirates of the Caribbean? Like, supposedly. Sure, I think Blackbeard's on there. Yeah. Supposedly, if you get off at the part where Blackbeard is sitting in his chair surrounded by his treasure, there's a secret door behind him. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. That literally <laughs> happens in Pirates of the Caribbean. That's where you fight fucking Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right i i, I it's very clear brian young brian a is the Disney young fan. literally at this point in time he might want to watch out because disney might try to sue cheesy's world for copyright infringement you know just go to the theme park and be like here's a, a cease and desist stop using our likeness <laughs> oh god that's that, probably why the mascots have resorted to eating children or whatever. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck they're doing, but like it's because Disney ceased and desisted, so they're like budgets at like bare minimum. They can't even afford food for their employees. <laughs> so it's like working at Disney, you know? Oh my god. The shade. That must be what the keys are for, Mark replied enthusiastically. If you can start the ride, then you should be able to get to it. Sounds like we may have a plan then, Jose. Is there any way you could help us get to the catacombs, I asked. He laughed. 
Huh, fuck no. I'll stick to reading creepy stories on the internet, but you guys feel free to live your best lives. Well, at least as long as you're alive. <laughs> Literally fucking the biggest T right there. Oh my god, that is and now, what, and now, what and, uh, other gays in the LGBT <laughs> community beside me say that is the read. Uh, or read on and, filth. Yeah, and, and now I like Jose. <laughs> yeah, at first he went from QAnon guy to like, nah, fuck. He's got oh, dealing with some yeah. real Scooby Doo shit. I'm gonna go stick to watching anime. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe rolled her eyes. Anyway, one problem: our happy fuzzy buddies. They'll probably be crawling all over the place, and who knows what's hanging out inside those rides. She had a point. If I couldn't make it to the security office, what were the odds that I could get to the Blackbeard ride and make it to the catacombs? And if I did, who was to say that they wouldn't be waiting for me down there? Jose told us he needed to study but wished us luck, and we concluded our meeting with that. We had made progress, but I knew that I needed to talk to Miss Turner. Mark dropped me off at home, and I immediately went up to my room to call her. Hello? The familiar voice picked up on the other end. Hey, Miss Turner, it's Brandon again. I went back to the park, and I saw something that I think you should know about. I proceeded to tell her about the events of that night, and most importantly, about how I think I found her son, or whatever remained of him. I'm really sorry, Miss Turner. I... No, don't be. You found him. Thank you. Even though I found him like that, whatever remains is what remains. But that's my journey to deal with. What you've told me just strengthens how I felt. That place is pure evil. Nothing about it can remain... And that means what exactly, I asked? Doesn't matter yet. Did you find anything else? When Dizzy or Daniel grabbed me, he put something in my pocket. It turned out to be a note with the words under place and two keys that could go to the ride control panel. We think that he wants me to go to the catacombs, but I'm not sure what I'll find there. So when are you going back? I don't know. My parents aren't too happy with, at me for sneaking out, so I'm not sure when I can safely leave the house again. Brandon! The way she raised her voice caught me off guard for a moment. This is a hell of a lot bigger than your parents grounding you. Your brother and countless other kids are at stake. She was right. Even though I was scared of what my parents would do to me, I was terrified of what that park would do to Amari. The truth was, I didn't know if I could save him, but I had to do everything I could try to get him back. Oh my god, though. like f She's over there saying, fuck the police. She's like, fuck your parents. They've got no authority. You're answering the God's call now, kid. Yeah. I mean, this is a far more important thing. I mean, I, she's she's not wrong, but, like, also at the same time, like, I don't know. I would not be in, in this fucking deep. I would have, like, been like, blue pill me right now, please. Yeah. <laughs> I asked her if we could meet at a local restaurant to talk about it in person, and she agreed. I let Mark and Chloe know about my plans and decided to let them tag along. After class the next day, we drove over to the agreed-upon spot and caught her smoking a cigarette in the parking lot in front of her car. As soon as she saw us, she promptly stomped it out and made a remark about how weird it felt to be talking to teenagers. To be fair, the feeling was very mutual, but we both knew that we had a goal that could only be accomplished together. With a somewhat awkward greeting out of the way, she got down to the real reason we were there. Where are you going back? The answer was clear. No matter how I felt about it or how absolutely terrified I was, I have to. 
Good, Miss Turner said with no emotion. And your friends? Chloe didn't hesitate to answer. Yes, we're going with them. Okay, time out, Mark inter- interjected. Can we talk about this? Like, all of this? Isn't this more of a job for the police? And how do we really know that those people were really monsters? Or whatever you want to call them. What if the plan just fucks with people? But what if the part just fucks with people? I rolled my eyes. Mark, what cop is going to believe that I saw what I saw there? And you think that I'll do all of this to mess with people and the rare chance someone breaks in? I was in the costume, man. There literally wasn't a person in there to fuck with me. I don't know, man. I really don't. What, what if we just told the cops that something was going down at the park? They come and investigate and everything is fine. Miss Turner cut in. I doubt those things were going to let any cops see them. Besides, even if they did, they'd probably just think they were employees. It wouldn't prompt any investigation. No, okay. I mean, not if you call them at night. Right. <laughs> call them at night to be like, uh, there's people that have like stolen the suits and like they're causing a muck at the park. And then the cops would roll in and just start shooting at anybody in the costume, you know? Because that's what cops do. They don't ask questions. They just roll up and start shooting. Exactly. Fuck the police. Okay, then. How about this? Mark began to retort. How do I know this isn't all crazy bullshit? Guys, we're talking about breaking and entering. Brandon, you're my bro, and I do want to believe you, but this all just seems so crazy. How do I know for a fact that this isn't just some story to get revenge on the part that you think took Amari? All right, that's kind of fucked, Mark. Yeah, why, right. why, why you gotta go there? Yeah, okay, Bart. You, you've now went down on the list, and Jose is bumped up again. Your stock has dropped three points. <laughs> or it's like the Bethesda. He will remember this like a little dialogue yeah. that pops up. Yeah, yeah. He had a point. I had no proof of what I saw, and there was definitely a motive for me to try and do some damage by any means necessary. I stepped forward. You don't know. You can't until you see it for yourself. And frankly, I don't want the guys, you guys to see what I saw. So here's the deal. You both have an out. I don't want you there with me. And if either of you doesn't want to be there, then don't, don't come. Simple as that. I'd be more than happy to let you be safe. As expected, they took some time to weigh the heavy consequences of their decisions. But after a few moments of silence, they looked at each other and nodded. We're here for you, man. All the way, Mark, Mark stated. So what's the plan then? Chloe asked. No sooner had she asked that question had Miss Turner spotted a rat circling her foot. She yelped in surprise and immediately told us all to go home and we discussed the plan later. Confused, we watched her run to her car and speed off out so much as a goodbye. She's an odd lady, Chloe mentioned. She definitely doesn't inspire any kind of confidence for whatever we end up doing, Mark. Mrs. Turner is Cece. I don't mean to interrupt you there, but (laughs) Mrs. Turner is Cece. Dude, she absolutely fucking hates rats. I did not know that. But she was also obsessed with Ratcatcher. Yeah. So uh, that just popped into my mind because Ratcatcher is a thing in that movie. Yeah. But I don't know, man. Maybe maybe a rat, a rat uh, fucking, maybe the rat, maybe, che- maybe she saw Cheesy. Maybe. Maybe that's why she's scared of rats. Maybe. I mean, I'm scared of rats because I worked for one, you know? <laughs> I agreed but she also had the best knowledge of the park she could potentially give us access to resources we were likely to get by ourselves she 
had been in this for far longer than any of us had and didn't feel right to take the personal stake she had away from her. Later that night, I got a text message from Miss Turner saying that we should all get together Saturday night. The plan was to meet up at the park near my house at around 2 in the morning. From there, we'd discuss everyone's roles and how we'd go about this. I pressured her into giving me something to prepare for, but she kept saying how I was the only safe, how it was only safe to talk about these things in person where there were no rats. Okay. Hmm. That's I, a think, I think she means rats as in like narcs. That's what I'm hoping. I hope she don't mean like literal rats. <gasps> what if she's really cheesy that mm-hmm. shed its skin? I don't know. Maybe they're like eggs that hatch, but they're like skin suits instead of eggs. Oh my god. Out of sheer curiosity, I asked Miss Turner about what her aversion to rats was all about. She explained that it was just personal paranoia and that whenever she'd talk about something and there was a rat or mouse present, bad things would happen. Oh, she's just a superstitious fuck. Yeah. Oddly enough, the days leading up to Friday were completely normal. I think that subconsciously Mark, Chloe, and I wanted things to be that way. We all knew how drastically our lives could change on Saturday, and we tried to keep things as lighthearted as possible. It was almost like an unspoken rule that the last day before the shit hit would be spent in peace. Yep, the calm before the storm. Damn, dude, they're making it seem like they're rolling up to go to fucking war. I know, right? They're gonna roll up fucking twenty squat or twenty car fucking deep with fucking <laughs> semi-automatic fucking assault rifles. <laughs> They're gonna go fucking full zombie land on a fucking park full of Five Nights at Freddy's. Basically, as an unexpected surprise, Chloe even came over Friday night completely unannounced. She convinced my parents that she needed help with a project in a class that I was actually doing well in. Though I thought uh, Chloe would use the night to party and de-stress, I accepted her visit without a second thought. Uh-oh. Oh, they're in his room. Oh. As soon as we got to my room, she mentioned how there actually wasn't a project. Well, no duh. As fun as the party sounded, she ultimately wanted to spend some time with me before Saturday. We spent that night talking about everything, not just about the park, but about life, growing up, the world, and eventually our feelings about each other. I fucking knew it. I knew it. Called it. Knew there was something going on between them two. That night enforced how much I cared about her. My emotions toward my friends might be irrelevant to the bigger picture. Still, I genuinely believe that her visit was the only reason I could go into the next day with the confidence I had, knowing that she'd been there with me. That she'd be there with me. And when that uh, time... I don't know about that. I'm not liking this. Oh, God. He's getting happy. He's getting a happy ending? Uh-uh. Nothing better happen to her, goddammit. I will be pissed, Brian Young. <laughs> and How that... dare you kill Chloe? <laughs> Hopefully you don't do that. I really hope not. But, like, I don't know. In, in any kind of horror story, the hero never gets a win. Yeah. You know, like in some way, shape, or form, either they take away his love or they take away his child or, you know, sometimes in the case of the poltergeist, they take away the whole fucking house. <laughs> yeah, because right now, right before everything's about to happen, Brandon just basically got the girl. We'll see. 
And when that time came, I was as ready as I could be. I could. I was still completely terrified, but I was still going to go in there and do everything possible to get my brother back. I donned the same black clothes that I'd worn last time and pocketed the key and the note. On my way out, I made sure to stuff my sheets in case someone glanced in and closed the door for an added security layer. My parents were both fast asleep, and I managed to sneak out of the house by 1.30 a.m. By the time I made it to the park, I could see that Chloe and Mark were already waiting, and both were already dressed entirely in black. Chloe ran up to, ran up to give me a hug, and Mark gave me a simple nod. I could tell that he was on edge, which, given the circumstances, was completely understandable. Yeah, y'all are about to go fucking fight some goddamn Chuck E. Cheese fucking monsters. Yeah. I would be on edge, too, goddammit. Unless you're the, uh, unless you, you're the main, unless you're the main character in Willy's Wonderland and you just don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you guys ready? I asked. Mark shook his head. Definitely not. But I'm here anyway because that's what our friends do. Me. Let's- All the time. <laughs> Are you ready? Absolutely not. But I guess. Yep. Let's just be really careful. Chloe added. Before we could reply, we caught Miss Turner arriving in her beat-up minivan. She promptly hopped out and motioned for us to come over. Just out of curiosity, what are the chances she she's actually the bad guy and murders us, Mark whispered. This prompted Chloe, Chloe to elbow him in the stomach while she told him to stop being ridiculous. Hmm. Mark could be onto something. But as soon as we walked up to her car and saw the supplies she had inside... Mark's suggestion didn't seem too far off. Before us was a pair of bolt cutters, a pocket knife, and gloves. But the most serious part of Mrs. Turner, Miss Turner's arsenal, was the handgun she had holstered. Jesus! Mark yelled, "That's a fucking gun! The hell are you doing with that?" She glared at him. Uh, the smart fucking thing. Everything yeah. she's got there. See, this is my brain, and like, uh, I think like military, right? Because if I was rolling deep in a situation in which I had to break in, I had to defend myself and I had to have some sort of way of like, you know, escaping any bondage that maybe I get fucking bound with uh, and gloves to not leave fingerprints. This is like my line of fucking thinking right here. But most importantly, if I had to roll deep or I'd do some shit like that, I'd be fucking packing too absolutely not i am not rolling up into a place that somebody just told me that there are these monsters instead of mascot characters i'd be fucking walking in with fucking hand grenades uh you know fucking my rifle would have like a bayonet on it just in case they get in fucking you know stabbing range you know maybe a ballistic knife so i can like shoot one of them if they disarm me you know yeah like, Mark is like, oh no, shit's got too fucking real. But I'm just like, nah, she's doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah, she's doing the right thing for sure. Mark's freaking the fuck out, and he's like, hell no, nah, man. You get the gun away from me. <laughs> she glared at him for protection. If one of those things come at us, then then nothing. We aren't fucking shooting anyone. I don't care if you think those things in costumes aren't human. If they are, then we go down for fucking murder. Brandon, Chloe, please tell me you're not with this crazy chick. Chloe agreed. Mark is right. Exploring this place is fine, but I'm not okay with any, anything involving a gun. She rolled her eyes and opened the passenger side door to pop the gun in the glove compartment. Fine. It's gone. No problem. Can we get going? 
She's gonna fucking watch. They're gonna not pay attention for one second, and she's gonna slip that shit right back in her fucking bag or something. Yep. Can't believe that. I mean, I'd be okay with it. Think like, oh I'd my god, thank fucking... you, thank you so much for bringing your gun that we totally told you not to bring your gun for. I'm. I mean, I'd want her to bring a gun. I'd want a fucking gun if I was right? with animatronics. Just, I, I don't even give a shit. Like, the fact that she has a gun on her presence and we're doing this would make me feel a lot better. Because, like, you've already, as the main character, as Brandon, have has he's already verified that, like, those things are monsters and that they're not actually humans. So, like, of course for him, he's probably like, oh, you know, fucking, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, we should have a gun. <laughs> Fuck those things. We'll see if they're making a, a good uh, choice. The three of us agreed, and we hopped into her car with me taking the front seat. Next to her, the vehicle had a distinct smell of gasoline and cigarettes. The interior looked like it had seen better days, and I'm pretty sure empty beer cans were rustling around at my feet. Part of me felt awful for Miss Turner. Here she was relying on kids to help her heal the trauma she had been dealing with for years. To this day, I can't even imagine how desperate she must have felt seeing as she was willing to go through all of that. The ride over was quiet. I didn't know if it was a ner- it was nerves or focus, probably a mixture of both, but I can only vouch for myself. But there were multiple points during the ride where I wanted to ask Miss Turner to pull over and take us back. The closer we got, the more my anxiety started to ratchet up as the vivid images of those things flashed through my mind. When we finally arrived in the empty parking lot, my heart was damn near beating out of my chest. There wasn't any turning back now. Chloe and Miss Turner were the first to exit the car. I sat in silence, staring at the front gate, reliving every horrible moment I was there. Mark asked me if I was alright, and I told him I needed a moment. He nodded in understanding and grabbed the bolt cutters and spray paint as he got out. I was alone now with my thoughts. Wait, 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 hold on. What the fuck's the spray paint? I was, where where, I was about where did the spray paint that. come from? Why do they need spray paint? <laughs> what are they gonna just spray one of them in the eyes when it gets up like Kevin, yeah. uh, fucking Kevin McAllister and fucking Home Alone? <laughs> yeah. Wait are till they, they gonna, look through like a small one, spray them with it. Are they gonna beat one down and tag it? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. We've already killed this one. <laughs> like they mark they mark the 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 thing that they're gonna kill first like they do with trees yeah like yep this is a fallen tree right here <laughs> i was alone now in my thoughts here was my moment i had my chance to take back my brother and never see this awful place again and yet i was sitting in the car doing nothing i don't think of myself as a brave person i don't have a particular level of resolve or heroic character at the end of the day i was desperate but that desperation was the only thing that was going to get Amari back. Before I stepped out of the car, I eyeballed the glove compartment. It was stupid. I knew I'd never shot a gun before in my life. But if I was going to get Amari back, maybe it wouldn't be so bad to have it. I quickly opened it up and stuffed the barrel to my waistband. Oh, he did it. Yep. Fucking smart. Hiding the handle under my hoodie. Oh, smart. Smart. Also stupid, because you could just use your hoodie pockets. Right, yeah. <laughs> They're but, big enough. Like, yeah. But at least we know that one of them has a gun. Yeah. I took in one big breath and ex- and exhaled before popping out of the car into the frigid, the frigid cold, uh, cold air. 
The sting of it almost sobered me from my emotions. Miss Turner looked me up and down. You ready? I nodded. So what's the plan? Mark and I will try and draw some attention for those things. You and Chloe need to get to the Blackbeard ride. She can operate the ride while you hide in one of the tubes and wait until you have to pop out. Wait, what doesn't Mark? Why, why doesn't Mark go with me? I asked. He has experience with the ride, so he'd know how to operate it, right? I do, Mark agreed. But if this plane relies on us being chased around, my cardio is going to last a lot longer than Chloe's. Besides, turning on the ride is easy. I told her how to do it while we were in the car. Fine, I relented. But you are out of there as soon as the ride starts. You and Mark. What if I want to go with you? Chloe asked. No. You guys will have already done enough. Chloe, as soon as that ride gets moving, bail. Mark, I'll text you. It'll be the same deal. So where do Chloe and I go? Best spot is off campus. Are you going to go with them, Miss Turner? She shook her head. No. I'll leave the keys with Chloe. As soon as Mark gets uh, to the car, you guys take it just off campus. I'll meet you later. And what are you going to do while they're leaving? I asked. You're not going to go with them? We all have our goals, Brandon. You guys just worry about staying safe. She's going to burn that fucking park to the ground. That's what I, I think Miss Turner's about to burn this bitch to the ground. She out there fucking goddamn. Oh, that's what the, the thing is for. She's marking the pillars so she can, you know, like fucking take out the supports. Yep. With like, you know, controlled explosives. She's going to fucking take that damn park down. Yep. As curious as I was, I was about uh, what she has planned to do, I honestly didn't have much time to think about it, and that was fine by me. I just wanted to get Amari back. We walked to the front gates and spent a few minutes cutting the padlocks. As soon as it broke and fell to the ground with a distinct thud, we knew we were at the point of no return. We slowly creaked the door open and waiting for us on the other side was the silent hellscape masquerading as an amusement park. Mark took point in leading us to the Blackbeard Ride. We moved methodically through the park, doing our best to not make any noise. At first, it seemed to work. I actually had some hope that we could make it through this without seeing any of the characters. But just as I was starting to let my guard down, we spotted Nina, waiting on top of the spinning soda cup ride. Chloe, Mark, and Miss Turner looked on in horror as they saw the spider-like abomination perched on top of the ride, peering down at us. As soon as it registered who we were, she moved viciously fast towards us. We broke off into two groups as planned, but Nina didn't care. She tore after Chloe and me until Mark picked up a nearby stone and hurled her hurled it in her direction. It landed just in front of her, and without hesitation, Nina spun around and gave uh, chase to Mark. He was already running in the opposite direction and screaming as he as he went. Chloe called after him, but I grabbed her wrist and screamed that we had to go. We ran in the general direction of the Blackbeard ride and didn't see any more of the characters. We knew from looking at park maps beforehand that it was a straight shot down and then a sharp right. If we hurried, we could easily make it there. We took off towards our destination, but just before we had to make the right, we spotted Ronald standing in the middle of the walkway. Chloe quickly pulled me behind a set of trash cans and we watched as Ronald slowly sauntered around, scanning the area. Sweat poured from my brows. I peeked around the trash can to see that soulless husk drag its body forward. It moved silently down the path, and even though its eyes were face forward, it felt like it was still taking stock of every tiny movement around it. But just as it was about to pass by us, it stopped. My heart dropped, and as quickly, and I quickly retracted my head and made myself as small as possible so that no part of me was visible. I squeezed my eyes tight, praying that it'd go away. 
I had the darkest feeling that it knew that we were there and we had nowhere to run. All we could do was stay silent and hope that it turned away. A strange cold came over me, and just as I imagined him reaching over the completely meaningless barrier we were sitting behind, I heard a voice yell out from a distance. Mark was on the other side of the pathway, screaming to get Ronald's attention. Without hesitation, it moved towards Mark. Chloe and I took our opportunity to go. We could feel multiple pairs of eyes watching us and some shadows starting to close in on our position as we went. We were exposed and we knew it. Our best bet was to get to the Blackbeard ride and complete what we came here to do. As soon as it was in our sights, an extra burst of adrenaline kicked in and we dived into the empty building that contained the ride. A slim figure slithered towards us and slowly rose up on thin legs out of the darkness. The characters resembling a tall decaying doll with melted facial features and pinpoint red eyes stared directly at us. Still, it didn't dare to enter the ride. I could feel the tears streaming down my face as it paced the entrance and never for a second looking away. We were entirely still watching it stare us down, and then for an utterly unexplainable reason, it moved on. Chloe and I both needed a moment to rest. In the near darkness, all I could hear was the moving water and her light sobs. Chloe, I whispered, are you okay? Look, I reached for the keys in my pocket and tried to find her hand in the darkness to pass them off. The second you start this ride, run back to the car, and you'll never have to see this place again. Once I found them, I placed the keys in her hand and helped her to her feet. Without warning, she pulled me into a tight hug and told me that she had to leave me to the catacombs, that I had to promise that no matter what, I'd come back safe. I promised, Chloe. Using her phone's light to guide her to the control panel, she went to work on trying to get the water ride to start up. There were six small boats lined up in a row, not knowing what awaited me inside the animatronic world of Blackbeard. I took the last boat. And tried to lay as flat as possible under the seat. I waited until I heard the distinct buzzer indicating that the ride had started and I was off. The ride jolted forward and the world of, world, the world of Blackbeard came to life. I only peeked out of my spot. I could only peek out of my spot, which allowed me to watch the animatronics dancing and singing to the cheesy pirate music and bad voice acting. I'd honestly forgotten how long the ride was as I was waiting still when it got to a portion where there was simulated cannon fire between opposing ships. I knew it was halfway over. All I had yeah, to do definitely, was... definitely referencing Pirates of the Caribbean there. Oh, That's really? literally a scene from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was all I had to do was hold on until then. Among the booming cannon fire came a piercing scream that sounded like it had years of pain and anguish behind it. A large dark figure rose behind the smoke and my eyes grew wide as I heard the bellowing, the bellowing screams of the now visible animatronic that drew near. The animatronic pirate had big vacant white eyes and a large hook nose that mimicked the beak. His massive hands each had two long human fingers in the shape of claws and he was riddled with holes exposing a body covered in coral. I hoped he wouldn't see me, but my hope was dashed when he screamed my name and jumped into the first boat. Brandon! His voice boomed. The robotic nature of his voice was made apparent through the multiple times his sentence would skip. Where's my f 
fucking treasure, you little shit. I'll fucking kill you. Why is the animatronic yelling and knows his name and why is he yelling at him? <laughs> it's Amari and he's like, I'm a fucking ghost pirate now. Fuck you. I can I, say fuck now. I I'm dead, you. bitch. I can say fuck yeah. if I want to. What are you going to do? Ground me? I, I bet it's Amari. I could see him looking through the first boat, but to no avail. He screamed in frustration. Without warning, he jumped into the second boat and using his grotesque, grotesquely long fingers, flipped the first boat out of the water, causing a loud boom. I'll flip every effing boat, sailor. Boom. Four left, but we were almost there. I'll break your effing neck as soon as I find ye. Boom. Three remaining. I knew I was right around the corner. You little piece of shit. Where's my GD treasure, boy? Boom. Just two. I could see I was slowly coming up on Blackbeard's treasure room. You're going to die today. Boom. He was on my boat. The treasure room was just in front of us. I took a chance and exploded out of the boat. In one big leap, I made it onto Blackbeard's platform. The animatronic screamed after me, and I could see it starting to move towards me. I quickly scrambled around the treasure and found a hatch. I flung it open and started climbing down the ladder into the catacombs. I heard a loud thud as the hatch closed above me from something slamming it down. Once my feet reached the ground, I ran forward a bit and peeked over my shoulder to see if Blackbeard had followed me down, but he never did. I was completely alone. I exhaled a deep, I ex- exhaled a deep breath, breath of relief. I always knew that that ride was whack. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean is great. You can't talk about it like that. That's not right. <laughs> Can you imagine riding Pirates of the Caribbean and having one of the animatronics turn around, yell your name, and ask you where, where his fucking treasure was? I'll tell him, I don't fucking know! <laughs> and, uh, Talk to your accountant? I mean, yeah. like, what do you want from me? What I was faced with was essentially a concrete service tunnel. I noticed my footsteps echoed as I walked, and I didn't hear any other voices or footsteps in front or behind me. For the first time in a while, I was sure that I was alone. I checked my phone real quick to see if I had any service, and it was weak, but there. It was weak, but there. Okay, first, that's the first deviation from the Disney tunnels. You <laughs> don't have fucking signal down there. It's like a Faraday fucking cage. Oh, God. I wanted to send a message to Mark, but notice he had already sent me a ton of text messages. My eyes grew wide as I read them. Mark, dude. What the fuck? I think this lady is trying something. Mark, she disappeared when we split up. Saw her later pouring gasoline. Mark, dude, she's going to set this place on fire. Hurry the fuck up and get out of there. Yep, we was right. Miss Turner's going to yeah. this bitch to the ground. She said, fuck Cheesy's world. Let them purge him fire. Miss <laughs> Turner was going to set this place ablaze. If I didn't get Amari and get out, all this would be for nothing. I texted Mark to run back to the car if he hadn't already and then I'd meet him and Chloe soon. Fucking Mrs. Turner's hardcore, man. Yeah. She's like, you took my son and I'll take your goddamn park. For the first time, I thought I had a chance to breathe. But my sense of urgency came back with a vengeance. I jogged forward through the bleak tunnel, watching the rats scurry by me. They seemed to be the only form of life in a place that went on for God knows how long. Eventually... My jog slowed into a fast walk as I ran out of breath. 
It was only after I started to cool down that I realized how freezing the place was. Even though I was wearing warm clothes, it felt like I was walking in a damn freezer. I don't remember how long I walked or when I came to the end of the tunnel, almost out of nowhere. A door that looked like it belonged to a janitorial closet appeared in front of me. But when my eyes focused on the very clear 33 engraved near the top, I had finally made it. Everything was leading up to this. Every moment of terror, every tear shed, all the pain, everything was going to cultivate right here. I mean, I kind of figured that there. The culminate the right here part kind of feels redundant to me, but yeah, sorry, continue. I reached for the knob and slowly opened the creaking door to reveal the wretched sight on the other end. A morbidly obese man sat on a rotting wooden throne at the end of a small concrete uh, room. He wore a soggy, molded cheesy's mask, whose typically large smile had deflated into an apparent frown. His body was mostly covered with what looked like stitched together clothes. Despite his exceedingly large frame, his fingers were long and bony, and they clutched desperately to the throne. At his feet were small, mummified corpses, hundreds of rats running around through the little tunnel scattered around the room. The smell of rot and cigarettes wafted through the air, and my eyes stung as soon as it hit me. Jesus fucking Christ, I whispered. You have entered the domain of the Rat King, Brandon. We were expecting you. You should show some respect. His voice was gravely yet calm with a hint of playfulness, He uh, uh, and he hissed as he spoke. You knew I was coming? We kept a close eye on you from the very beginning. We heard about your plans to pay us a little visit. He, the king told his servants on the outside to be on the lookout. Oh, the fucking rats. They're literally fucking rats. Yep. They're like his like little fucking spy forces. Okay, I fuck with that. However, to his disappointment, one of them disobeyed his king. But in due time, he will be fixed. Yes, everything will be fixed. And who is we? He chuckled. We are a kingdom, boy. We are the ones who run the park and all operations within it. So you bastards are the ones that took my little brother, I spat. Happiness here is guaranteed. It is not allowed to be unhappy here. The park does not permit it. But more importantly, the Rat King does not permit it. But still, your brother was unhappy. They had to be fixed. Uh, that had to be fixed. And the only way to fix it is to dedicate yourself to bringing happiness to others. This is how you get into the good graces of the Rat King. Anger was building up inside of me. Why do you do all this? We could have just left the park. I don't get why you'd cause so much pain. Of course you wouldn't understand, boy. No one can reach the same level of enlightenment as the Rat King. You say he brings pain, but instead he he brings joy to his people. He is kind, and in return he gets substance in any form of he desires. It is a fair deal, says I. Your crazy ass can believe whatever the fuck you want. Just give me my brother back or, or what, boy? You're not threatening the Rat King. No one threatens the Rat King. Even the man who finances my kingdom can't intimidate him. Neither can the police or the media. And do you know why, boy? Because the King hears all. He knows all. Secrets are valuable. And the Rat King is rich in secrets. Oh, some Ooh. Illuminati shit right there. 
I was done with that park, done with the characters, done with this delusional man who had some warped sense of control from underneath an amusement park. I whipped out the gun and pointed it towards him. Frustration and anger got in my emotions. Where's my brother? Another laugh came from behind the mask. <laughs> Brandon, you're not going to shoot me. You're merely a child, one who has never fired a gun before, and now you'd shoot the Rat King? You aren't a hero, boy, except that he has done everything for the greater good of the park. Put away the gun. You are not capable of using it anyway. For Amari, I'd do anything. How can you say that, boy? You've never killed, and you won't today. For a moment, I wavered. I'd gone through all this for Amari, all of this pain and suffering. Now here I was with the perfect opportunity, and the thing standing between my brother and me was this disgusting bastard. And yet, I couldn't pull the trigger. He was right. I was just a kid, way over my head. Stinking into this place is one thing, but killing? I wasn't a killer. No matter what the stakes, I just didn't have it in me. But at that moment, I didn't necessarily have to. You say this place is your kingdom, right? If you don't give me, if you don't give my brother back, it's going to burn to the ground. What? I could hear the hitch in his voice. Quickly, three rats crawled up uh, his body and into a hole in his mask. If you don't give me back, Amari, I'll tell my friend up there to burn it all. You can call your friends to come and kill me, but I guarantee one text message reaches her before they reach me. How dare you, boy? How dare you? The time I could hear... This time I could hear real frustration. The Rat King's cool and calm demeanor had drastically changed. And this time... I felt the gun was way more for self-defense than to threaten him. Leave my park, boy. I command you. At first, I thought young Amari could bring happiness to the children, but now I see being rotten runs in the family. Maybe he is nothing more than rat food. How dare he? How dare he take Amari from me and then reduce my fucking brother to rat food? This horrible man tried running, ruining our lives, and he dared to say that to me. Everything leading up to that moment flooded my mind. All I could think about was how that disgusting creature that stole my happiness didn't deserve to speak another word. Before I even knew what happened, a loud bang rang out. Then another, and another, then silence. Damn, he fucking hit he him fucking with that shot him. strap. You know what, fucking Brandon? Wow. All right, you know, he said, fuck you, cheesy. Blat, blat. I stood in silence, completely in shock at what I had done, but before I could even have it, have a chance to reflect, a horde of rats poured out from the bullet, bullet holes like water from a faucet and rushed towards me. Without thinking, I quickly fired off the gun into what I thought was a corpse, but all I was met with was another wave of the horrible rodents. I quickly spun around and ran out the door. The, the rush of adrenaline allowed me to sprint down the tunnel in a fraction of the time it took me to walk, but in my haste, I dropped the gun. That horde wanted blood, and the nonstop hissing that came from each of them was a constant reminder that if I stopped, they would pick my bones clean. Sudden relief hit as I caught the ladder in my sights. When I was within five feet of the ladder, I opted to jump onto the rungs and quickly sprawled out of the hatch. Looking down, I could see that the tunnel was utterly filled with rats. Once I was out of the hatch, I could see rats filling out of every hole in the ride. I bolted through the ride's exit and didn't stop springing until I saw the park's gates. I easily jumped the turnstile and left the attraction behind me, not once looking back. I didn't stop sprinting until I saw the gates of the parking lot. The only moment of, uh, of suicide was when I finally saw the car in the distance. And as soon as Mark noticed me, he popped the door open for me to jump in the back seat.
No sooner had he done that than we watched as the park went up in flames. We waited for Miss Turner to show up, but she never did. We tried texting and calling, but her phone went straight to voicemail every single time. Eventually, we knew that we needed to get the hell out of there, and we sped off back home. What about Amari? Yeah. I mean, I think he kind of, like, said something, maybe, that he essentially fed them to, you know, oh, the rats. That's right, yeah, that's right. Amari, so he killed Amari? Yeah, he fed him to him. Wow. He was one of the mummified children, I'm assuming. Wow. They ate him. Yep. They went nom, nom, nom. I don't remember what time we got back to the park. We still had a little bit before the sun came back up. But the three of us spent the entire time crying. That night hurt us all so profoundly. It left scars that still persist to this day. It wasn't until maybe six or seven in the morning that he was still comfortable enough to go home. We left the car at the park and simply walked to each of our houses without saying a word. We were all just so tired. We had been pushed so far beyond our limits mentally and physically that there was nothing left to give. I can only speak for myself before I took it especially but I took it especially hard after all of that I felt again. So what was the point? Why did I make everyone go through literal hell just to not get my brother back? I felt that if if Chloe and Mark hated me for the rest of my life, it would have been justified. I managed to sneak back into my house and into my room. No one had noticed my absence. I found it strange how my parents slept peacefully while I was living a literal nightmare. I tried to get some sleep, but through the tears and adrenaline, it was impossible. Eventually, I just opted to stay awake until my body gave out. It wasn't until about 1 p.m. that a knock came at my door. It, I didn't bother to check oh. who, it, who it was, but when my mom answered, I could hear a loud scream that prompted me to rush downstairs. A police officer was standing in our doorway with a Mari in hand. He looked entirely untouched from the day he went missing. Holy fuck. Oh, apparently he just fucking showed up. The Rat King was like, oh no, he's best than me. Please get this fucking kid out of here. <laughs> My eyes grew wide and I started to tear up as I ran towards him and gave him the biggest hug po- possible. I told him I loved him and that I would never let him out of my sight again. Something he had to get annoyed by as he grew as he grew older, but I didn't care. I finally had my brother back. The officer told us that Marty claimed that while Miss Turner was setting the fire, Dizzy helped him to a secret room under the concert hall. It was here that police found him while searching through the rubble. It took years of therapy to get Amari back to where he was comfortably ta- talking about much. To this day, he still has a lot of repressed memories about whatever he saw, but the one thing he's been adamant about is he didn't know how he disappeared. All he could recall being led away is to what he called the secret place. I wish I had more, but he's uh, yet to expand on that. Still, though, it was amazing to finally have our family back together. We treated him like the most precious thing in the world from then on. Looking back, it's strange how amazing normalcy can be when you've missed it for so long. I'm not sure if Amari ever understood the pain we felt when he, while he was missing, but he damn sure knew the love we had when he got back. Us stupidly leaving the car at the park was brought into question when Miss Turner was reported missing, but given the traces of gasoline in her vehicle, history of drinking, past history of tension with cheesies, and her charred body, being found clutching a Disney costume. The police eventually determined it was vandalism suicide attempt and that someone just moved the car after. I'll never know the emotions she felt that night, but that last bit still gets me. From what I hear, the park owner was more than thrilled to be released from the financial burden of cheesies, 
In subsequent years, he's either sold off what he could to other parts or to scrap yards. I think the now empty land is being redeveloped for something. He also went on a bit of a campaign to clear his name by paying off news sites to remove any and all stories relating to the park. Life for me is no good. Chloe and I live together, and Mark stays close by. Some, sometimes well, when we leave our apartment, we see rats congregating just outside our doorstep. It's odd, considering we don't see them anywhere else in the apartment complex. For me, it always leads to a nagging thought. What if the rat king is still out there, watching? I never technically saw him die. Is it possible that he found some other deep, dark hole to crawl down? Is he continuing to do the horrible things he was doing before? I'm not sure. But if he is, I have a feeling he rules his new kingdom with an iron fist, and that no child anywhere will ever be safe from his reign. Listen, listen, I need either a fucking, like, sequel of this where they go to the secret place, or I need a fucking another story about this Rat King guy. Yeah. Bravo, Brian Young. You I fucking... Created I, I, yeah, I'm fully behind this. You've blown us away. You've you've created this amazing story if, of Jesus' world and set if, up lore. What if the Rat King is literally not one, but just like a group of like rats together that are like moving around in animatronic suit? Yeah. What if they're just like sentient rats? This is... Wow. That was fucking amazing. Because, I mean, they're either monsters or they're sentient rats. I mean, like, either of those are both already far-stretched, but it's a horror novel. It doesn't have to, like, be based in reality. I I love that we got essentially a good ending with Amari back and Chloe and... Yeah, dude, I thought he was fucking... I thought he was child jerky. Yeah, Amari's back. Chloe and Brandon have their own apartment together now. I mean, it, everything's good, but we still have that ongoing thing of. I don't nerds. know, man. Them, them rats, yeah. them rats being out there is a big like red flag for me. That's why I'm like, I need yeah. to follow up. I'm thinking maybe Brian Young, if you're listening to this, you need to do a follow up. Maybe like a few years down later, where the Rat King has returned and goes after them. You've absolutely done an amazing job. Amazing job with Cheese World and creating this lore. He does an eye for an eye angle, you know. He burned, yeah. fucking burned down Cheesy's World there. He was tied to it, so they turn around and burn down both Mark and their fucking apartment complexes. Yeah. Fucking, man, not only did you just create a great story, you also have lore now. Yeah. Within. For real. I, I want to know more. Yeah. Absolutely fucking amazing. I hate that we finished it, but man, I'm, it, it was a great ending. Yeah, it was pretty good. I like that. that. A great fucking story. I didn't see that that coming anywhere. That was any of my theories. I was thinking maybe that the animatronics were the children. Yeah, so was I. But apparently not. Nope, they just get eight. Just straight up eight. They fucking uh, yep. did the robot uh, chicken skit. Uh, where uh, Disney is secretly below the tunnels of Walt Disney World, and they like strap him to like a, a robot, and like he has apparently a really, really uh, bad hunger for Cuban children. Yeah, and it's like tied around Elian Gonzalez. If anybody knows who that was, um, 
and it just it just reminds me of that like in a funny like sideway because like that was this thing was Walt Disney was like underneath the parks eating children and here cheesy is apparently eating children who are unhappy uh i thought it was a a nice like nod if you will yeah man that was that was great uh that was a real good story you know once again teddy amazing job for picking that out oh yeah (laughs) like i said it was especially great that we found this on a fucking whim I literally, guys, uh, to be very frank, how I was introduced to Cheesy World was I was on Creepypasta's website, and I went to highest rated, and I scrolled down, and I was looking at different stories, and what caught me was the fact that it was Cheesy's World, and the, the, the title, obviously, because both Kyle and I are obsessed with, like, Five Nights at Freddy's and, like, the Banana Splits movie, so I was like, oh man, this is going to be right up our fucking alley. Hell yeah, let's try to read it. You know, it may be good, it may not be good, but like, I didn't think it'd be this good. Yeah. That's great. Oh man. Uh, well, uh, let's uh, give it a rating. Uh, uh, our spooky pen, spooky penne. Yeah. Our haunted, <laughs> it's our haunted penne. Yeah, haunted penne. Yeah, uh, and it was uh, no the there was the the haunted penne for the creepy pasta, and then the crypt yeah. eaters for cryptids. Right, sorry. Yeah, brain brain derp, guys. Yeah, haunted penne. Uh, honestly, I mean, I mean, it's pretty clear. I'm gonna give it five bowls of haunted penne out of five because this was a plus. Not only was it a great story that had a great ending. Like they have multiple parts. Hell yeah. Yeah, and multiple parts. What I said like in previous uh, recordings, I love the character development we got throughout. Like numerous times, me and Teddy are like, oh, I really like this character, and then I don't really care for this character. He's kind of more of a, a of a, a Qunon guy. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh wow, I actually yeah 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 yeah, yeah yeah. But, <laughs> Fucking Jose. <laughs> and then like not only we have this like awesome story this you know weird this creepy story we have this uh this uh older brother little brother relationship and then we have this budding a romance between chloe and brayden foreman there were so many like outside of just like the many nods to like disney and like stuff like that there are so many good different nods to like other horror movie tropes you know in it um so like i i whoever wrote this is definitely a fan of like both theme parks and horror yeah so brian young if you are ever interested in like hhn content or anything like that uh you know uh check out my wife's podcast she does that's the scream queens yes um and uh they do a lot of hhn related lore and content i feel like you may enjoy that oh yeah for sure check them out and also want to give a shout out to our friends uh Yusef and Vania of Sounds from the Grave podcast make sure if anybody listen who has, doesn't already listen to them check them out yes they they're also really great content creators I love V she's so sweet yep wonderful wonderful people love that love them and their podcasts I love the fucking randomness we have with them too. We have oh, like yeah. a, a group Discord. 
uh, with my wife and a lot of her friends, as well as Kyle, Kyle's friends, and uh, a few of my friends as well. And uh, last night we were just like nonstop going through and just sharing random memes. Yeah, the meme stuff was great. All night, just random things. And our one friend, Kat, was like tagged in one of them. And she comes in and she's like, I have no fucking clue what's going on right now. Yeah. She's like, what the fuck? Yeah, uh, Yusuf was killing me with the ska beams earlier. Oh yeah, I died at the uh, the ska net with the, the T-1000 uh, with the trumpet. <laughs> oh man, but yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Good times. Fuck. So next week, uh, we will be back with our cryptids A to Z. We are on C. Yep. C. And uh looks like one of us is gonna be doing a twofer because two of the cryptids are very uh similar, so we're just gonna compile them into one. Um but yeah, we're get get excited for that. Get hype. We're finally back with our cryptids. It's been what three weeks of pure cheesies. Yep, I'm not complaining though. Hey, I'm not either, but like, you know, it's it's nice to get back to like uh, doing both as well. Yeah, and true. Uh, spoiler: We're gonna be having our tenth episode coming up, and it's kind of a big thing for us. Uh, I know it's baby steps compared to other people's podcasts, but yeah. for us, but it's a milestone. Uh, it's a milestone for us, especially with given how long this has been in the making uh, as a podcast in general. Um, we're gonna have a special guest on. And we're going to possibly either be covering uh, another creepypasta or we might just dip into the urban legends a little bit and uh, shake it up a little bit. But uh, we're pretty excited for that, too. So uh, we hope you'll listen to that as well. 100%. And uh, as we we put a bow on this one... uh... Oh, I didn't give my rating. I'm sorry. Oh, oh yeah. I forgot. Teddy, you give your rating. Bird fucking brain over here. Um, I give it a 4.9 penne. Oh. Like, there, I, it's no disrespect on like why I would snub giving them the 5, but there were lines in it that I felt were, like I said, kind of redundant. Yeah. Like, if it's the climactic moment when you got to, like, door 33 or whatever, um, and then you have to say, you know, everything's culminating at that moment. Like, you don't have to. Like, we can kind of gather that whatever is going to be behind door 33 is going to be, like, the climax of the story. Yeah. So, uh, that's why I gave it a 4.9. It's nothing, like, against it. It was just, like, a, a nitpick I had. Yeah, I got you. But, yeah, uh. That was Cheesy's World. We hope you've enjoyed this three-part reading of Cheesy's World uh, as much as we have. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and put a bow on this one. Uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, checking us out. Uh, whether you're new or you've listened to us from the beginning, we really Shout out to our five solid followers, by the exactly, way. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you all. You're, you're all wonderful. And... uh Thanks for listening and continue to check us out. Uh, share us with your friends. Uh, follow us on Twitter at FBTC Podcast. And, uh, you know, just help spread the word and help us get out there uh, if you can. And uh, we appreciate every, all the support we've gotten so far. Absolutely, man. 
we we do love our you know fans Absolutely. or listeners uh yeah. look, look at me with my listeners. fucking overinflated head with our fans yeah. like i'm fancy <laughs> yeah our, our listeners and we definitely love our listeners so uh, yeah uh, just just thank you all and uh yeah have a good night y'all i uh, hope it. you guys have a good one we're gonna close it out so uh everybody have a good night and remember uh if you're not already get vaccinated and wear, wear your mask yeah don't be dumb exactly don't be dumb and uh go see suicide squad i'm about to watch it uh now have a good night everyone bye, bye. bye. bye.